Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the moon. I am your host for this evening, Lawrence Ray, and today I'm joined by my esteemed co-hosts, Ricardo Martinez and Jerry. Uh, and today we are interviewing the uh, Bitcoiner Wasabi researcher and contributor, uh, Nothing Much. Uh, so today, how are you doing, sir? Uh, hi, uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was too lazy to put in my real name on the on the Zoom, but uh, for what it's worth, my uh, actual name is or given name is uh, Yuval, so that, that's also fair game. Yeah. Okay, well, so thanks, thanks for clarifying. I wasn't sure if you wanted to, you know, use it or not. Basically, you never know. So okay, also yeah. I can call you Yuval. That's brilliant. Uh, well, in that case, uh, we'll yeah get straight into it essentially um, with the pod, uh, as everyone knows um so yeah what what i like to do is, uh, as you may have realized from other podcasts is um at the beginning of the podcast to go into the beginning of you as a person so that we can kind of understand what makes you tick and where you came from etc cetera, etc cetera. um so uh obviously one of the things that you're working on is is uh with wasabi wallet and um bitcoin privacy um and so i, I guess the question i wanted to ask you first off is how in the very beginning, did you get into programming in the first place? Like, what's the story behind that? I suppose, like, how did you work out that was something you were interested? In? How did it come to you? How did you learn that like, that kind of thing? Uh, on on some level, like, uh, I think it traces back to like being obsessed with Legos as a kid, uh, and later like being exposed to video games and like. I, I barely remember anything at all about the games, but one thing I remember like super vividly is this game editor that my friend brought once and uh, like just tweaking the values like that that are there behind the scene and realizing like um, there's like a latent model there that that you know is is concrete uh, and it's not magic. So I, I kind of tried to to force my dad to to learn to program and and that didn't work too too smoothly uh this was like the the mid 90s and um he he like we we tried it, it didn't really work but then a few years later um i started like i i got online and and started like using view source and cargo culting javascript and um and i guess the the big transformative moment uh was uh so we were living in Israel at the time, and uh, my parents had Macs uh, for like reasons uh, that they traveled and stuff, and didn't realize it was a really obscure thing in Israel. And so I was in this like um, island, isolated. All my friends had PCs, and and uh, I didn't have uh, very much to to do. So uh, like my one source of of stuff was. Um, Mac Addict magazine had like CDs uh, with stuff on it, uh, just shareware and freeware and stuff like that. And and one of the CDs had uh, Mac Pearl on it. And um, I think I basically learned how to program from the the Pearl documentation. Uh, and and then when I I actually got internet access, um, like this really accelerated the Pearl community was like super supportive. Uh, I got into open source and like it was never really a decision. It it kind of just happened on its own that like uh, I, I yeah I, I can't really trace it to, to some specific uh, event. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I uh, uh, 
wrote a lot of like crap Perl code and um, uh, and then like years later, uh, I kind of got tired of programming. I felt like it was a bit meaningless and then uh, uh, Bitcoin kind of screwed me up and, and convinced me that like, uh, actually I am optimistic about this stuff after all. And uh, that's interesting. Like I am, um... Because, yeah, I'm trying to think. Because I remember my first, I had like a Windows 98 PC, I think, would be my first ever computer I had access to. So, um, yeah, I guess I would have found like someone at that age, I would have found someone having a, having a Mac like kind of strange and, and, and out there for me, I guess. So, um, yeah, kind of can understand. Um, but I suppose, uh, you obviously, you you learned from these. Did, 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 is it something that they, um, they that you learned? Like, did, was there any mention of programming at all in school? Or was it something that was just entirely... Not because I know for myself, it was like we learned how to Google and like how to set a password. And that was kind of like that was an or like database. I think we'd like Excel and stuff like that. And that was basically kind of it. I, I don't know. Was it different for yourself or, or was it literally just like purely self like uh, interest, self taught, self driven? So by the time I already realized I was super interested in this, um, like all we had was like typing lessons uh this is like 94 or 95 or something like that uh so like they they were teaching us to touch type on like old dos machines just doing like you know uh spelling drills or something like that um not much at all about like how to actually use computers um uh, but by this point i was already like uh learning uh, from friends at the, at the time we were living in the States. Um, and there, uh, I did have some access to like friends with, uh, like older brothers and stuff who had, you know, some cool things to, to say. I think it was only by like uh, seventh grade or something that I actually started, uh, like learning how to program, uh, and maybe eighth grade actually. Um, and only after I'd already started uh, did we get like um, I think Google came out like '98 or something, uh, and and that became a thing. Uh, and they started teaching us like computer literacy stuff, which included like Excel and stuff. But um, yeah, it was uh, um, primarily, I guess, self-driven in, in that regard. So obviously, as you said, you you lost interest in in, in programming and. I, I guess because I guess it's that classic thing for like the human mind where it's like you want something that you really have to build or you know will make like a big difference if you help build it or whatever. And obviously that's lacking. Um, and so I guess you go through school and part-time jobs, whatever the ordinary stuff. So like, when did you come across, um, when did you come across Bitcoin? And, and I suppose um, the question there is like, what did you think about it when you first read about it and encountered it uh, and kind of what, what stuck for you specifically? Because it's, it's always different for people, like the, whether it's the design or the philosophy behind it or the economics. So what was it for you that kind of stuck? Well, my dad's a mathematician and he attended a lecture. I think it must have been like 2002 or something like that um, by a famous cryptographer, uh, Adi Shamir. Uh, I think it was something like how to spend a penny online or, or something like that. Um, and then he, he came back home and, and just told me about like a bunch of cool stuff like uh, uh, blind signatures and link uh, linkable ring signatures and the double spend problem. And uh, so I was, you know, already 
I, I think I was 17, kind of, you know, vaguely aware of, of um, like, the problems in the space and uh, already, like, super interested in, you know, um, what decentralized money could, could do. Um, and, um, and then a few years later, I was running my own mail server and I uh, 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 learned about uh, Hashcash from uh, like a spam assassin. Um, and I, I didn't have a like reverse DNS, uh, like a proper reverse DNS entry. Um, so to like reduce my uh, mail server's uh, spam scores uh, on the assumption that you know, the other side is also running a uh, spam assassin. Uh, like Hashcash was actually uh, a fairly uh, effective uh, thing. Um, so um, by the time Bitcoin came around, of course, I was an expert. I knew everything. And I knew that obviously it wouldn't work because, you know, this very long list of reasons why it's, you know, not fit for purpose. <laughs> uh, so I completely dismissed it offhand um, as, uh, as stupid. Um, and then um, I think that was when it, it got on Slashdot. Um, and then uh, a while later, I, I had a friend ask about um, this stuff. I think this must have been like 2012 or something, because uh, he was asking about um, the Silk Road and whether or not like uh, he, he wanted to buy wheat, basically. And and uh, so I looked into it a little bit more seriously, and I, I uh, started trying to like figure out okay well how do you compile this crap and uh or maybe that was earlier um so that that was a, a source of friction and then i i uh told him like look we're gonna have to buy it it's too late to mine it uh because uh, people were already like starting to use gpus and stuff and uh this means like wiring money to some shady thing in japan and and like the forum is full of scammers and and uh also like what you hear about it being anonymous that's like total bullshit. uh so like i just told him like look this is a bad idea uh don't do it um and then in 2013 i have this like facebook status where um like uh the pirate party um posted a guy um like he got a letter from the bank saying that they're going to close his account because he's dealing with uh, mount gox and you know completely arbitrarily um and um and, and I think that was like a light bulb moment. And like, I, I don't remember doing this, but like my my status from, from that time says like, finally a, a good reason to be interested in Bitcoin or something like that. And uh, um, so I guess uh, I, I kind of started, you know, uh, realizing this thing is, is more interesting than I initially thought. And um, unfortunately I didn't do anything about that. Uh, I didn't have a computer at the time. I was, uh, like uh, by by this point, kind of out of the loop uh, from from like software things, and um, and then uh, like late 2015 or something, I uh, uh, dropped out of school for various reasons and, and reluctantly took a, a software job again. And um, uh, and uh, at this point, this was with the benefit of of the Snowden revelations in hindsight, which kind of you know confirmed a whole bunch of stuff that uh, I suspected was true and um, I guess really reaffirmed my uh, distrust of uh, governments. Um, 
and um and then a coworker was uh uh like had a a bit of bitcoin he wanted to get rid of cuz he thought it was a bad investment and i was like okay maybe if if i just buy it off him i'll finally have uh uh force myself to to properly learn about it and um yeah i think i haven't slept properly since uh <laughs> um yeah it was uh I guess um about a year of of uh distracting myself with various uh other cryptocurrencies to you know try and figure out cuz the privacy story and the whole smart contract bullshit like getting to the the bottom of of those things and realizing okay actually uh like bitcoin is uh, certainly not superseded and even if it had been uh, improved upon in in technical uh like various technical attributes um that like the network effect the fairness of the launch the like um uh, a priori definition of like the monetary rules even though I, i have some issues with them um like all of that seemed to to on the whole be a, a much stronger argument for uh um uh, focusing on that and and being interested in that and uh Uh, and yeah it just you know kind of gave me like i was really um underwhelmed with the level of accountability in software like by uh 2010 or so i just felt like a uh basically like a, a bureaucrat's enforcer like i build you know unaccountable bureaucratic systems that just do things they they affect the you know the social the physical world they they um uh control the flow of resources and time and and power distribution in society to some extent and i'm getting compensated and i don't see like th- there's a disconnect between what i'm getting paid and and the value that i think i'm i'm contributing to to society um and i was you know really disenchanted by the, the whole software industry and um bitcoin kind of convinced me that uh, actually like open source is not just some sort of uh reputational whitewashing scam for for the industry to like pat itself on the back and tell itself it's it's a pro social thing like th- this is something that actually can have uh, a meaningful like political impact on on the way uh power works in society um precisely because money is is kind of like a proxy for for how we we manage resources uh i i like to think of it as sort of uh, a protocol for just communicating uh under information asymmetry about like what we should all collectively be doing uh if like markets are a protocol uh then like money itself is is like the the packets of information flowing through that protocol um or or another perspective is a kind of like distributed memory um uh, and if these things are not trustworthy um if they're so subject to like discretional uh sorry discretionary uh um like changes in policy and and uh and these things have um these uh obviously negative effects on on society and and how we manage our 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 problems at scale um then we need a kind of reset and um uh and and bitcoin seemed like it was actually 
um, principled and 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 uh, uh, convincing enough to like establish that basic trustworthiness uh, despite its technical limitations. And at the time, I, I became much more aware that you know the the technical limitations that uh, I initially thought were you know uh, unworkable actually turned out to be uh far less of a problem than than i had previously imagined so um yeah i guess that's that's kind of my my journey to to caring and um and privacy seems like the most uh or at least for me personally it's the most urgent problem to 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 work on i wanted to ask what are your thoughts about the recent chain analysis leak um where they claimed that they're able to demix Monero and that they were running their own nodes to surveil the Bitcoin network. And they even had like a block explorer built for surveillance. So the wallet explorer issue, I was actually, uh, just to be clear, I'm not a hundred percent caught up with, with that story, but, um, like wallet explorer was written by a guy who later went on and got hired. And I, I think that was fairly well known. Uh, it was also well known that uh, maybe not chain analysis specifically, but various uh, companies uh, run uh, Electrum nodes and Bitcoin nodes to try and localize uh, transaction propagation and do various other things. Um, more generally, it's um, uh, like Bitcoin Core specifically and, and the Bitcoin ecosystem in general has um, uh, privacy leaks at the network layer. So um, I guess it was a kind of knowledge blindness where like to, to me, it seemed like obvious that this was going on. And um, um, I mean, it's, it's nice to have uh, concrete proof that this is, you know, that they actually admitted to, to doing that. Um, I think it also um, helps to highlight the, the, the fact that like, even if you have um, uh, on the base layer, um, uh, strong cryptographic assurances like Monero has, uh, that's not enough. If you account for like a more holistic model for privacy that also account for you know met metadata leaks um through the the, the network layer or uh temporal patterns and, and so on and so forth so um in, in this regard like it I, it wasn't really a surprise but i'm i'm glad that it happened because i think it helps to to you know elevate the the discourse and um um so yeah not 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 much i i, I think that the drama was uh was a, a little bit overblown, um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an adversarial situation. There's, I mean, it's a huge business model for for these companies to basically sell the service of uh, pseudoscientific narratives um, that that are then used to to justify um, like violent enforcement in some situations and. Um, it's it's just I don't think it's morally justifiable, uh, even if it were effective at preventing crime, which it really doesn't appear to be. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, I guess that's my my take on it. You um you mentioned uh, in like your earlier answer um, that there was like some concerns you had originally with Bitcoin uh, and some things that you thought would be 
be an issue. And then, and, and I guess you also, also you intimated, and I don't know if it's the case or not, but that there's still some sort of, I don't know, gripes maybe that you have with, uh, with, with like the way that Bitcoin's designed or some concerns, at least, I guess, anyway, uh, with, with Bitcoin. Um, do you recall what the sort of issues were that you had or, or, or do you have like a, a view now on like kind of some disadvantages to Bitcoin or this or its design that, or things you feel like you maybe would have done differently, I suppose? I guess that's a, like a long list of nitpicks, uh, things like why, why are the timestamps in the header 32 bits for fuck's sake, or, uh, like all the weird endianness stuff. Um, but okay. Th those are like technical nits that are possible to work around. There's slightly more fundamental issues. Um, like uh, the fact that the Merkle trees don't commit to the depth or the type of the, the node. Uh, so this led to this, um, uh, I think Sergio Lerner's uh, um, like SPV attack. Uh, so th th there's all sorts of gripes like that, which are, okay, I mean, we, we can work with them, uh, right? Th these are flaws, um, but they're not, um, they're not deal breakers. Um, my main issues at the time were um, like the monetary policy. I actually would prefer like um, uh, asymptotically 0% inflation instead of like uh, a, a fixed uh, supply. I, I, it seems like a more sustainable thing to me. Um, uh, it, it removes some of the like the weird complex dynamics in like how fees are done. But I mean, it's it's too late for that. And again, we, we can work with what we've got. Same thing for the happenings. Uh, I thought that was like a really crude and, and weird mechanism. But I mean, it's it's priced in. And, and by now, like it appears I was wrong about that. It, it seems to have like significant meme value by the, you know, the volume of discussions that, that people are having on, you know, Twitter and whatnot. So like, um, none of those things really matter. Like, okay, I, I would have done it differently. And I have a long list of, you know, things. And of course, I would have screwed up a whole bunch of other things. But none of that really matters, because the system already exists. Um, the important attributes are the the fairness of the launch, the like the novelty of the system. Um, and um, the the fact that it's the first of its kind and in, in gathering a sort of network effect, um, those things are not replaceable. Uh, and uh, like bickering about the minutia that I thought was much more consequential uh, previously, it's yeah, it's it's just not that big a deal in hindsight. So. Um, I mean, I, I could go into to more depth about what I think is, you know, ugly about the system, but um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I mean, it is what it is. And I think it's, it's more interesting to think, okay, given these constraints, what, um, and then referring to like uh, Adam Gibson's uh, interview, uh, on on this podcast, where, where he was saying like the 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 DNA of a blockchain is like this property of uh, verifiability, and how uh, it's very important to have transparency uh, with regards to that verifiability, and this also um, means um, 
that like building on complicated cryptographic primitives um, uh, in some sense reduces that verifiability. Like given that Bitcoin is is kind of flawed or, or at least janky, um, but not fundamentally flawed um, and makes a very, very clear trade-off, um, it, it seems like it's impossible to like address any of these minor concerns um, without compromising uh, these properties or um, like trying to, to establish consensus about, you know, all these like ultimately not very consequential details. Um, it just doesn't seem important enough, I guess. Whereas, you know, issues like uh, making sure that fungibility um, uh, does manifest in some capacity, uh, that seems like a you know a very high priority, um, and and I don't see that Bitcoin has like serious flaws uh, in this regard. It's um, uh, I mean it's, we have to work under very limiting constraints, but um, it's a trade-off that I think is acceptable. Um, and and this is why personally like even though I find Zcash, Monero, uh, etc. Uh, very interesting on a like a technical level. I think the innovations are are, are great and interesting. Um, uh, it's not what I would want to work on because um, the the social impact doesn't seem as important. I was thinking, obviously, you're, you're working in, in a lot of privacy-based Bitcoin work, uh, and, and you, you mentioned as well, like um, kind of the 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 imperfections, but kind of the fact that actually things like the the halving have actually kind of been a a good thing almost for Bitcoin, a bit of a kind of meme ability kind of thing. And that sometimes imperfections can almost help. Um, and you obviously just mentioned there at the end about Zcash and Monero. Something I wanted to ask you was like, uh, you know, why, because obviously if you're working the privacy side of things with Bitcoin, what pushed you towards Bitcoin and that rather than Monero? But, but it sounds to me, is, is it the case that it's more that, you know, there's more, impact with bitcoin it's more established it's more important to you and to others is that more the reason or is it more that for example uh you know we've spoken to people on the podcast before uh, i think it was jack manzuko and maybe even adam gibson um who who kind of felt that having everything everything baked in you know a lot baked in privacy baked in at that base layer um kind of caused more issues than actually having a, a simpler base sort of clearer more transparent base layer that you could then build upon with layers is, 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 is that a part two or is it more literally just a kind of social impact aspect of bitcoin that made you think hey this is what i want to work on i guess what i'm trying to ask is like what was it that made you go hey this is the one like bitcoin is what i want to work on not you know monero zcash etc what were the kind of the key key factors i guess it's much more the the social aspects um when I was first getting interested in this stuff, I did not have the requisite background um, to, I, th I think now I have the requisite background to understand like Monero's cryptography, certainly not Zcash. Um, so that, that's another barrier. Like Bitcoin was a thing where I actually was able to understand the problems and and, and see them clearly and, and start thinking of solutions. So, um, uh, one aspect is like, I felt like I could actually make um, a, a contribution there. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's much more so that like, 
um, if the way I see it, if Bitcoin were to to fail completely, uh, catastrophically, uh, it's going to bring down the whole ecosystem with it. Uh, that there's like th there's no saving, you know, cryptocurrencies as a, a way towards decentralized money. Um, I think if the, that project fails, so I think the social aspects are like specifically the reason I'm interested in Bitcoin is um, I've I've always like as far back as I can remember like uh, uh, even as a four year old like getting dragged to the running errands with my parents and they go to the bank and it's like the most boring and oppressive environment and none of it makes sense. And I have, you know, practical questions like who puts the money in the ATM and why, like what, what makes it so that you can get the money out of there? Like uh, where does it come from? And like the, the answers just never made sense. Uh, and then like, as, as I grew older, I learned about, you know, uh, foreign exchange markets and, and I learned about inflation and I learned about a whole bunch of other stuff. And, um, and it's like economics is, or macroeconomics is kind of works like in reverse to like the way science typically does where the, the theories become mainstream and then they're applied as part of government policy. Uh, it's not really, uh, for the most part, like an explanatory model, uh, a descriptive model of how the world works. It's it's a prescriptive like doctrine um, that just doesn't it, it doesn't really mesh for me. Um, uh, and um, I, I always kind of felt um, like my, my parents were not very well off financially growing up, but, you know, by the time I became an adult, they, they were uh, firmly in the middle class and, and got their, their debt in order and so on. So um, uh, like we were, um, uh, we, we went from living, you know, quite modestly, uh, certainly not poor or anything like that, but um, uh, like I had material desires that went unfulfilled as a kid and, and kind of learned to, you know, I don't really get gratification from having a disposable income as an adult. Uh, so like for a few years I was, you know, compensating for all the, the crap I wanted as a kid and couldn't get. And uh, uh, now that I'm, you know, a man child, I, I can afford to, to buy that stuff. And, you know, but what, what good does it really do? Uh, well, uh, so so that that passed rather quickly, and then I felt like, well, do I invest? Do I start saving? Like, um, and it it always seemed like a double bind. Like, regardless of what I looked into, um, everything seemed like it was stacked against me. Where um, uh, I could take, you know, uh, uh, a, a low risk tolerance approach to, uh, trying and, and establishing a future. But then I, you know, so I, I set aside more money towards my pension funds or something, but then I have to trust corrupt insurance companies and, and like, uh, uh, like in Israel specifically, this, this is a whole, um, 
like this this network of uh, billionaires uh, owning the banks and and major corporations and insurance companies and um like they've been caught embezzling funds uh and and you know their their fines and and debts are forgiven routinely they evade tax and that doesn't seem to matter uh so like i don't want to trust these people with my future uh i don't even trust the government with uh, with the future so um uh this you know low risk strategy seems not very viable but then also like any sort of high risk strategy, like do i start like investing in the stock market uh like no i'm just gonna get wrecked uh because you know the median investor just loses money uh and i don't have the resources or the time to like you know have have a a, a strategy that's actually gonna uh result in anything better than you know uh average return so like everything felt like a scam in the financial world and this was you know um really reinforced for me with the the 2008 financial crisis and the fact that like nobody got indicted except for Iceland, if I remember correctly. Uh, like they, they uh, I think, uh, tried to prosecute uh, a few bankers or but like, so the, 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 when, when you have a, when you have a feeling that the, there's like a game that um, the, the only, like the, the expected value of, of participating in this game is negative um you kind of develop this like nihilistic point of view i guess um so i i just spent all my money on on travel and and uh, uh basically all my money was spent trying to accumulate experiences which is what i actually valued so like if it was you know material possessions in the service of actually doing something interesting you know using up my my time on earth to 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 have fun to to build memories that seemed justified, um, but it still felt like um, a cop out, basically. Like this was not a responsible way to, you know, manage my finances. And uh, even though it, it, I still, in hindsight, think it was, you know, rational. Um, like the absence of a way to um, hedge against the mismanagement of, like, the entire economic political system was um uh yeah just felt you know th there needs to be some sort of option to and I, I mean you can plant trees you can get into real estate or something um i guess that was the closest thing uh i could have considered before like saving money for a mortgage or something but even that seemed kind of you know scammy um so uh, to, to me, that is the, the main function that Bitcoin provides. It's not, you know, a speculative instrument. It's not for buying coffee. It's not for, like, the purpose of this thing is to uh, allow people to um, earn money, earn fiat money in the, the normal way the economy works and to... Uh, use that to, to buy Bitcoin as sort of signal to uh, to to the rest of the, the economic system um, that we need to to do better, basically. Um, and in doing so, these people are forfeiting uh, short-term 
uh, interests um, on the off chance that like this will work and they will have more economic influence uh, later down the line. So, so basically it's a, uh, it's not just a savings instrument to me, but it's, it's also a way of um, like the, the only way that in, in my life so far I've, I've found that I can feel like I'm applying market discipline and it's not just me like screwing myself over. Like be before the choice was like, I could maximize my purchasing power by buying as quickly as possible with my uh, slowly inflating uh, money uh, and um, uh, contribute to the destruction of, of the world through consumer culture and, and, and uh, all, all, you know, all, all the stuff that I end up actually paying for indirectly, like advertisements and, and, uh, and oil wars and, and uh, uh, environmental destruction and so on. Uh, or, you know, I could do the uh, proper thing, which from a self-interested point of view is, is completely irrational, which is like just try and save that money, uh, see it lose uh, uh, its value. Um, uh, and, and it's like I have some really absurd examples. Like I moved to the UK a few years ago for, for that job uh, I mentioned earlier. And I was looking into like... Um, uh, uh, savings accounts, and I had spent uh, probably two hours reading the various uh, um, conditions and, and terms and so on. And then I realized, like, if I set aside the maximum amount of money that I'm allowed to by law, at the, the best possible interest rate, locking away the maximum uh, amount for the longest time at the highest rate, uh, giving up the the most control that I not even be uh, like break even with with regards to my time spent researching that it was like over three years I would have made something like a hundred pounds or something which um, like I, I valued my time more than that so I, I already felt like you know I, I lost before I even started so what's the point uh, and and to to me like. Bitcoin is uh, primarily about that. It's it's about um, having a way of, of expressing preferences um, about how the world should function um, that cannot be uh, silenced after the fact, uh, just because some politician decides like they know better. Um, and in this regard, like, I don't see the lack of privacy as really a, a fundamental flaw. It's, it's definitely a source of friction, but um, like the, the network effect is much more important to me. And, and uh, um, uh, the, the transparency uh, properties, the, the trade-offs between technical complexity and verifiability, um, I, I think the more conservative trade-off is exactly what Adam Gibson was saying about um, how... how uh, um, it's it's better to have like a more more modest system in terms of its uh, uh, capabilities um, uh, to to avoid the the possibility of a catastrophic failure and um, uh, and and similarly like the concerns about scaling um, uh, or the the concerns about um, you know can we do like fancy DeFi stuff on it. Uh, to me, that's not very interesting. Um, I'm much more interested in, in uh, Bitcoin's ability to 
kind of rein in the the recklessness of the fiat system. And and if we can do that, and if we can force uh, right, if um, it becomes a better proposition to exit the system, and and whenever you see that there's local mismanagement, and you manage to like extract uh, currency out of your your local economic network and set it aside to you know uh, put it into Bitcoin, um, thereby um, helping to to downregulate the um, the craziness. Um, if that has a positive effect on how fiat is managed, because because now uh, debt-based currencies uh, need to compete with it, and we fix our systemic problems. Well, I mean, we already have a system that, from a technical standpoint, is you know it's fine. Like we we can pay for day-to-day things. Um, so um, it's it, the the social aspects are are like the reason. Uh, in, in my opinion, to, to care about this thing. Um, and, and yeah, from this perspective, it's, um, it, it, it's kind of like Zcash and Monero are, um, make different trade-offs. They make even more difficult scalability trade-offs. Um, and it, it doesn't seem like the risks um, outweigh the benefits even had they happened before Bitcoin happened, but given that they were they came later, it's almost irrelevant to me. Like again, the 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 privacy, the the, the, the like the the technical ways in which it's achieved is fascinating to me. Uh, I think it's really cool tech, um, but monetarily, I just don't see that they are. Um, important enough. Um, I'm, I'm very happy that they're around complementing Bitcoin. Uh, I think that they do have a role to, to play in, in improving its privacy as well. And, uh, um, but, but personally, I, I don't think that like, if I'm trying to exercise that choice of um, uh, feeling that I'm opting out of this corrupt system and, and, uh, um, and spending my energy, uh, like planning for the future, um, buying Bitcoin seems like the closest thing to um, uh, uh, so- something I have hopes about. Whereas like buying Monero and, and Zcash, um, that j- just seems like a much riskier proposition if that's really what I'm interested in, um, if, if that makes sense. You said that, you know, Pretty much what you said is that you you love the properties you know of Bitcoin being hard money. So um, being a privacy advocate yourself, and you did mention that Zcash and Monero do complement Bitcoin in a certain way, but you know Bitcoin is much you know what Bitcoin is doing is of much more you know significance. So is it fair to say that you con- you would you consider hard money of more priority than having total privacy on Bitcoin if it comes down to no choice because there has been, you know, certain discussions that, you know, talks and theories of people saying, you know, that the next major conflict in the Bitcoin ecosystem would be between choosing between um, hard money and total privacy, you know, with, you know, there are people who are, you know, very, you know, privacy centric, you know, and oriented in what they do. And there are people who feel like, you know, hard money is, 
all that there is, you know, to be Bitcoin. Because if you're going to have Bitcoin adopted, you know, by governments and, you know, banks and all of that, they are not going to like Bitcoin having privacy on chain, on, an, on the base layer. So for you, and um, just to get your thoughts, just to clarify, for you, do you feel that, you know, having hard money and, you uh, Bitcoin having hard money properties outweighs everything else. I guess, but then, uh, so what exactly do we mean by hard money? Uh, like, uh, I think for most people that means uh, like a fixed supply and and so on. Uh, for me, it's much more important that the rules are just set a priori. Like, this is why I consider Ethereum so problematic. Uh, it's not the inflation. It's not the like. Okay, th there's a long list of issues I have with it, but the the fact that these things change uh so readily uh is what i find so troubling so uh from a monetary perspective i'm not really concerned about you know zcash and monero being around and and uh, if i remember correctly monero has uh like an uncapped supply but a fixed reward uh i would have actually preferred for bitcoin to to work that way uh again asymptotically that's zero percent inflation so i think that even um like still uh, uh, satisfies most uh, people's uh, uh, definition of, of what a hard money is. Um, so um, yeah, that, that, that's the first nuance, which is like um, uh, whether or not things are managed in a, in a discretionary way or not. Uh, and um, as for the the trade-off between privacy and uh, and this property, I think the risk for Monero and Zcash is much more about um, like the technical complexity. It's that there is um, the the possibility of catastrophic failure of the system because of some cryptographic flaw, especially one that could go undetected for a while. Uh, seems to be to, to outweigh the the downsides of um, the the yeah this is a complex question so from from a, a purely risk oriented perspective um, the individual risk from using Bitcoin I think is much higher um, because of the lack of privacy. Um, so as a user of a currency, I would be much more comfortable using Monero or Zcash because of this. Um, like knowing that my transactions are uh, not going to be surveilled, they're like uh, 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 this information could not easily be used to target me after the fact or, or, or people I care about. Uh, uh, it could not be uh, used to like criminalize criminalize me if I'm uh, under some oppressive regime. Um, I, I think that that's very valuable, but um, is it valuable enough to accept the collective systemic risk? Um, there I'm not so certain because I, I think that privacy in Bitcoin is, um, is something that we can still exercise a lot of choice about. It's um, I, I, despite the fact that there are uh, flaws and disincentives in the system, uh, right? It's it's much cheaper to destroy your privacy. Uh, 
I, I don't think we need that much overall to uh, establish. Um, so fr from a, a collective perspective, uh, like if fungibility emerges from privacy, I, I don't think we really need to do all that much to, to establish a status quo where surveying Bitcoin and, and Bitcoin transactions is just not a viable thing for governments or or surveillance capitalist companies to to do productively it's not a good use of of you know resources in society um and i think that would be mostly good enough for from the like the monetary aspect like uh that should suffice for um uh keeping the censorship resistance uh properties uh intact in my opinion from an individual perspective that's a very different trade-off and there i think uh like people definitely need to use uh tools to to protect themselves like if if you um uh like i, I think ledger's web wallet for example uh has as one of its default uh like the the fee minimization strategy uh, very aggressively consolidates all UTXOs in, in the wallet, uh, which essentially means like whenever you transact, you're revealing the uh, entire balance of your, your wallet to every one of your counterparties. And you're also creating like a linear chain of transactions uh, uh, that anybody can, you know, trivially peel back through the change identification heuristics and, and so on. Um, so in a way you're, you're, very like th th there isn't even plausible deniability with that kind of uh, strategy for managing uh, UTXOs, um, but you don't really have to go very far. Like I think even though we've discovered that Lightning, for example, has some uh, serious privacy limitations, it's still so much better than transacting this way uh, that for most individuals, it's it's probably a decent level of privacy to account for risks like you know getting mugged after you buy something online because uh, uh, somebody hacked into the website and, and realized that um, uh, this person whose shipping address was in the database also happens to hold like a large amount of bitcoins or something um, so um, yeah the, the individual versus the uh, uh, collective trade-offs are, are quite different and uh, looking at it from the the broader perspective I, I think uh clearly bitcoin is a more conservative choice um um but but yeah i'm, I'm kind of assuming that that people do more to to protect themselves and uh and i'm very hopeful that that's possible like um i, I think wasabi for example already does a fairly decent job of of taking care of some of those uh problems uh especially because it it uh, as a light client, uh, it takes a lot of care to um, uh, handle the network layer privacy uh, quite well. Um, for example, the the way it broadcasts transactions is uh, um, probably as good as can be. Um, the way it uh, uses block filters is also really nice. Um, uh, and I mean, we're we're trying to improve the coin chain stuff uh, to make it. Um, more um, like use block space more efficiently uh, and provide uh, stronger assurances and and remove some of the the malincentives that are in, in the current system, uh, so that hopefully like if a uh, if users who are more concerned for their personal privacy and, and safety 
if they have an option and on the whole the ecosystem kind of accepts the fact that privacy and, and this is an entirely political thing right privacy is something that it's it's kind of a use it or lose it sort of proposition where um if enough people assert that they can do this without um like and and potentially even you know take one for the team right uh uh, go through bureaucratic nightmares uh, with KYC uh, regulations and so on. Uh, by the way, like for me, when I was just getting interested, living in the UK as uh, an Austrian citizen with an Israeli driver's license, um, Coinbase just canceled my account after like one tiny purchase. So for several years, I had a disposable income and didn't know how I could buy. So like... I wanted to exercise choice, but I, I couldn't. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't aware of BISC at the time, and so probably I could have figured it out. Uh, but you know, uh, here uh, a, a choice was taken away from me because of some company basically covering their ass. And it's, it's like there was nothing wrong with what I was trying to do. They just decided that this is too much of an outlier. It's not worth the money. Like. I think all I bought was like 50 pounds or something worth. And, you know, uh, it, it wasn't even worth their time to to uh, answer my support request and explain why they closed my account. Um, only in hindsight did it become obvious to me that this is just, you know, part of their business model is to make sure that, um, you know, slightly unusual people are just not in their... Um, risk models uh, with regards to, to compliance. Um, so the more we exercise uh, choice to, to kind of uh, assert that privacy is a thing that should be normalized, it's, it's something that we all deserve and, and, um, and the, the cost of it in terms of fees or, or uh, you know, more externalized risks, is um, sufficiently low that anybody can reasonably expect that, then, then I think the system will be fine. Like we'll, we'll win this, this battle between privacy and hardness. Um, it's, 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 it's a political struggle um, more than it is a technical one. Um, and, and yeah, in, in this regard, um, uh, this is also why I, I uh, decided to like focus specifically on coin joins um because the in some sense the reclaiming of privacy is overt um i think it's it's definitely not the whole story for fungibility or privacy in bitcoin but um it sends like when you use coinjoin to to get privacy that also sends a message um and, and there's a risk in that that hopefully people uh are aware of where you know coin joins are, are easily detectable uh, as such, but they're not easily uh, decipherable. So uh, even though it's an overt technique, it still um, uh, provides privacy and, and doing it that way um, is, is basically making a statement um, about, yeah, uh, uh, about whether or not there's, there's a viable future for this. Yeah. Hell, I mean, it's been, uh, it's been awesome. I, I appreciate, um, appreciate your answers because i say you've, you've gone over a lot of different topics and, and and kind of preemptively answered questions that i wanted to ask and i think the other guys too which is great so it kind of like uh, uh allowed you to kind of just 
go with it and, and give people a, a pretty good understanding of uh, your why. And I think it's also a pretty good example as to my uh, fascination with Bitcoin, to be honest, and probably quite a lot of people's. Um, you kind of went to it in quite a lot of decent detail as to as to why. Um, you especially that you said about like uh, the different options people have out there, kind of just feeling like scams. Like it feels like everything's kind of built to just kind of screw you in some one way or another, um, and kind of just especially with the, with the bankers not getting prosecuted and and the the financial crash in two thousand eight, which is probably going to happen again, I would expect. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate um, appreciate your time. It's been awesome to to chat to you, and um, yeah, I also appreciate uh, Ricardo Jerry for, for for joining us as well, and and, and uh, thank you to the, the listeners for listening. Um, it's uh, always much appreciated. Um, but uh, yeah, for now uh, we'll we'll leave it at that, and uh, I hope everyone has an awesome morning, afternoon, evening, day, week, year, whatever it is. Um, but uh, keep enjoying life and uh, we'll see you all soon. Mm-hmm.